Synthaholics. Synthaholics, thank you so much for downloading this episode. Today we are back into Lower Decks. You have myself, Aaron O'Brien, and David Duncan. Hey, Dave. Hey, Aaron, what's up? Not much. Dave, we are into Lower Decks, and this episode is Cupid's Aaron Arrow. Again, uh, this episode was not what I thought it was going to be, like, at all. <laughs> the, what what did you think it was going to be? I thought it was going to be like an alien that like makes everyone fall in love with everyone. Oh right, yeah, yeah. like you know, you know, or like or like Q. I was like, oh maybe maybe Q will come in, like like start Q making everyone. Did. Yeah, you there's know a Q I mean? reference in here somewhere. I remember. Yeah, I mean they reference a lot of a lot of stuff from Next Gen, um, uh, specifically in this episode, and actually kind of reference some TOS stuff too. Sure, but. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, last episode, I was expecting something way dirtier. In this episode, I was expecting. I mean, I, I mean, I was kind of right. There is some alien influence, but it wasn't. I was expecting widespread alien influence, not like a yeah, right, not, right. not a focused alien influence. So I was a little bit disappointed by that. Uh, yeah. I guess. Um, I mean, it's not not a big deal. It's just like you know, I just these these titles have got me thinking about like, oh, what does this mean? And then it, it doesn't pay off at all. Right, right, yeah. Um, so this episode is uh, season one, and uh, we are episode five. And halfway. It's, uh, halfway done. Uh, September 3rd, uh, 2020 was the first aired. So we didn't get a teaser this one. No, it just went straight into the uh, the intro, uh, intro. credits. Yeah. So I was like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah, it, it, maybe there was too much to put into this episode. They had to give that extra minute or so, minute and a half. No stuffing an impregnation uh, light into a jar and bribing it for a tricorder. Yeah, so uh, we are now uh, into this uh, planet uh, that's um, an unstable moon is going to be uh, has a controlled demolition uh, that might uh, crash in, uh, into this other planet. So uh, there, the Cerritos is uh, teaming up with the USS Vancouver. Oh, that's a cool looking ship. It's a Parliament class ship. And uh, I'm sure we'll have Trek yards talking all about what the Parliament. I think they talked about it before the episode came out. Did they? Mm-hmm. That's cool. I didn't. I, I've been watching them, but I haven't ca- caught up with all their all their videos. I saw they had the video with uh, Michael Mann, McMahon. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's really cool. Uh, good on them. That's awesome. But yeah, I saw them post something about the uh, Vancouver class or nice. the, the Vancouver. Um, it's a beautiful ship. I, I I like it a lot. It's like it's very cool. Yeah, it's yeah. like the Cerritos, but like more like next gen movified. Yeah, it's funny. He's like, it's the same ship, and they all start laughing. I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Captain Freeman and uh, Commander Ransom go to the Vancouver. Captain Fremen. 
Fremen, and they are going. Uh, they're uh, they go to the <laughs> the Vancouver Bridge, and the captain's like, you know, someday you could be in command of a ship just like this. It goes truly a humbling experience. Rubbing it in her nose. <laughs> I know it's like what a dick thing to say. So, um, anyway, so it's a pretty. You know, for Star Trek Next Gen World, this is pretty uh, straightforward fare. Get rid of a, a moon or a planet that's uh, going to be a problem. You know, we, we've seen Enterprise deal with things like this before. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a, star, a classic Star Trek problem. This is probably the most Star Trek-y feeling episode out of all of them so far. Yeah. Um, most people were acting like relatively normal human beings for the most part, which was, like, pretty great. Uh, but unfortunately, what we find out is that uh, it says the only problem is the uh, Vancouver um, captain says is that we brings him to the conference room of all the people of the system. The the mixes uh, two and three are arguing about why the moons can't be demolished. Uh, one is saying the moon is sacred; it's religiously significant to them. The other one says the tides uh, cause the moon's gravities are crucial to their summer crops. And some are arguing the moon has been home to the families for generations, and even uh, even one claims the moon can't plummet uh, from orbit, and the whole thing was made up by the government in attempt to control them. So uh, that was very timely, like joke. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so uh in the, you know uh captain freeman has to negotiate <laughs> so um they figure everything uh, they pretty much figure almost everything out pretty quickly like how we're going to settle all this we'll move these people here because it'll technically be the fourth moon now or right the fifth exactly. moon or whatever it was like yeah, the yeah. other one's going to be gone um so the um uh then we get uh Ensign uh, Boimler, and he's talking about how he's going to meet his girlfriend on the Vancouver is uh, Barbara uh, Brinson. And Mariner, Mariner does not believe she's real. Yeah, she thinks she's a holodeck. She thinks he's going to even swipe at her to touch her, make sure that she's real. And she does. She takes off her pants. Well, later on, yes. <laughs> uh, later we find that uh, Ensign's Rutherford and Tendy are... Um, going to do some repairs. Uh, they, are, they were doing some repairs on the, um, the Cerritos, and uh, they're talking about about doing maintenance. But then they're also talking how cool the Vancouver is, and how the crew uses the T eighty eight tool. And uh, so they take a shuttlecraft over to uh, to the <coughs> to the Vancouver, and they get to see that. And um, they're just totally in love with the uh, the Vancouver and how how cool it looks and everything going on. So, uh, Boimler meets his girlfriend, and uh, <laughs> um, uh, Mariner is kind of in disbelief. And he see she sees them kissing, and she's like, "Oh yeah, that's kind of gross." <laughs> it's kind of gross, but she then she starts thinking, "Wait a second, there's something else going on here." She must be an alien. <laughs> and then, uh, so when they're walking down the hallway, uh, they meet uh, Lieutenant Jet, and uh, Jet's like the coolest guy on. <laughs> <laughs> on the street toast. I think even Boimler says he's like he's practically Kirk or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. No, so, like, he's like he's like Kirk mixed with a little bit of um uh trip Tucker or something like that. Oh, is that what he said? I didn't catch that. But yeah, it's, I mean, like, it was, it's like it's like it's like if you mix trip and uh trip Tucker and Kirk, this is what you get. <laughs> but yeah, so I thought it was hilarious and obviously then she, they're teaming up to do their work on the moon. So then he gets he starts getting jealous cuz he's like, "Oh shit. 
he's going to be hanging out with Lieutenant Jet. And it turns <clears> out the, they're exes. Yeah, they they did date for a while. So, um, and then, but anyways, um, it, it, and Mariner just says Boimler that Brimson's uh, is great and wonders um, it's too good to be true. So there's something else going on there. Uh, attending Rutherford uh, meet with the Lieutenant Commander uh, Ron Dolson. And uh, they're going to do some work on the ship, and they're going to keep uh, whoever does the most work or whatever gets to keep one of the uh, T-88s. And so they're like, what? So It's the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. Uh, so and, um, and then we're back on the Cerritos, and uh, Mariner is uh, has, like I said, she's suspicious of this uh this girlfriend of Brinson and she's, she starts thinking about different things that might be going on. So she's got to get some information and, uh, she's going to start, uh, seeing like, if she can like flush out whatever's wrong with this person. Why would they like Boimler? This can't be no human should like Boimler. And, uh, when they're, um, they're, they're talking about their, um, Oh, and since she starts going into how she um, uh, she's been through stuff like this before, that's this. Uh, there's like a, a flashback where she's on the USS Quinto and they're docked at Deep Space Nine, and she's with her friend Angie, and she's got her boyfriend Nico, and they're talking about something with the uh, USS Enterprise, and while they're talking, they're saying they're such a great couple, and then all of a sudden. She's like, she's like, like you know, at least he's not some kind of you know aliens like shapeshifter, shapeshifter or something like that. And then like it turns into this awful creature and just bites off Angie's head, <laughs> eats her. Yeah, yeah. Right there like, on Deep Space Nine, and I, I was so sad because the show's been ca- saying they're going to have some legacy characters show up and like, I, I think be voiced. And uh, I was like, this is prime opportunity for Quark, and never they didn't show Quark. What, what, yeah. what, what are we getting these legacy characters, guys? Look at, I think it's the next episode, actually, because there yeah. seems like there is a there uh, the the trailer for next episode looks like we're going to get some older uh, characters. Nice. Uh, I'm not sure though, but um, so she's like, you know, no way I'm going to let this happen again to one of my friends, and um, so but Boimler is just like more worried about his girlfriend running off with Lute- uh, with Lieutenant Jet, so. So he's uh, pretty upset about that. So, um, uh, so then they're into the uh, conference room with uh, Captain Freeman on the Vancouver, and she's like you said, she's kind of figured out all this thing. He's like, "We'll locate three tons of dust to the unstable moon to the people who hold the religious significance to worship." So there, you got your religious aspect there. Uh, is we'll have gravity systems installed on the farms who depend on the ties for the crops. So that's all figured out there. And finally, uh, all the ancestral homes will be relocated to the sixth moon since it's technically now the fifth moon anyway, satisfying that solution. All the people are happy to leave the conference room, but there's one who says uh, the moon blocks uh, pollution from Mixus 3 and otherwise would fall into Mixus 2, and without the moon, they'll all perish. And, um, you know, like, oh my god, well, what are we going to do about this? And they start talking about what they can do, and then uh, the guy just starts flipping out and calling, you know, Starfleet a bunch of murderers, and and she's like, we will fix this good problem. Guys. Yeah, we will fix this problem. We fix impossible problems. what we <laughs> so, do. Um, so, uh, so, and, uh, 
then uh, we get Boimler's girlfriend, Brinson, is uh, doing a holographic simulation about everything, about their mission. And uh, Boimler comes in and kind of fucks up things and it starts acting really weird. And everyone's like, what the fuck? What are you doing? Like, she, he's getting all, like, lovey-dovey with her. And he's like, can you go take this outside? And at the same time, Mariner comes in and puts it off this really loud sound that if she had a positonic brain, it would... It would uh, Interfere with it interfere with it so and she's like well she's not an android so so and then um uh rutherford and tendy are running diagnostics and they're finally realized that they have to go faster and faster because they want to get this uh, t88 uh for themselves so they're now competing against each other when it was all like just a happy uh, getaway to be on the Vancouver. And Rutherford's a big cheater. He turns on his brain thing. That's right. <laughs> his brain implant to go faster. Uh, then Mariner, meanwhile, she's after she's uh, ruled out the android aspect, she's like, maybe a surgically altered a Cardassian spy, a transporter clone, or a Suliban. Could be a Suliban. And... <laughs> So he's going back and forth everything that uh, Boimler's girlfriend could be, and um, so that. But they're just like, you know, Boimler's still just obsessed with this idea that she's going to be with this uh, Lieutenant Jet, and so he just goes to the uh, goes to the replicator and says, uh, analyze the coolest people on Earth history, and replicate his outfit to combines everything. So he gets this outfit. And he shows up at, um, at like their mess hall, <laughs> and he's going to go for a beer, and then he dumps the beer all over. Uh, it reminded me of the scene where uh, uh, the three boobed girl from Total Recall dumps the coffee all over Picard. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it's just funny. His, his outfit's ridiculous because it's all just mishmash of stuff. Oh uh, yeah, it's like it's the coolest people of the last hundred years all combined uh, to a single. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, and she said, and she said, it's like you know, here you come in looking all cool, and, <laughs> and then you do this, yeah, and, and then Mariner's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, uh, and anyways, uh, from there, um, uh, they get uh, oh, they get a chance to go out on one of these platforms that are going to help with the moon demolition. And so uh, Boimler and Brinson go out there, and but then she's like, "Oh my God, they're going to be alone. They're in trouble. Uh, Boimler's in trouble. I have to do something." And she can't beam over because they won't allow her to beam over. So she gets on a spacesuit and she basically jumps from <laughs> from uh, what do they call the, um, uh, the, uh, the or- orbital platform? The, the orbital platform. She jumps back and forth, which would be pretty impossible. <laughs> Why didn't why didn't you just steal a shuttlecraft? Shuttlecraft are the least secure things on a starship. Yeah, I know, it right? It seems like a really weird idea to just jump out in a spaceship. I was like, huh, what? Right, right. So, so she's chasing after them. Uh, the same time, uh, Tendi and Rutherford come back and they says, "Boy, you you guys did great. You both finished everything just perfectly, and uh, the, you're you're both equal. So you're both going to be uh, get a T eighty eight and be members of the Vancouver." And I'll transfer you now. And they're like, what? We, we didn't have to be transferred. We don't want to stay here. Yeah, but uh, he says, don't worry. It's no big deal. I, I can transfer you. I have I have an admiral. Who's the he, neighbor? He, yeah, he's a neighbor. He's he's really chill guy. <laughs> so 
uh, they're like, well, I don't know if we want to do that. So, um, so yeah, so uh, when uh, Mariner gets onto one of the platforms to get to Boimler, he is naked, trying to do sexy time with his girlfriend. And uh, that's when Mariner basically knocks him out because uh, she, uh, girlfriend comes in. Yeah, right. And then his girlfriend and uh, Mariner and uh, Brinson start start arguing and fighting. And uh, Mariner found like some weird parasite thing on the ground of the on uh, uh, like the a, shuttle bay, like a shell or something, like a multi. Yeah, and she's like, "What the hell is this?" So, um, so they start talking and they're arguing, and then they start joking about all the stuff that Boimler's done. <laughs> all the stuff that's been wrong. funny, right? So there's been a couple of funny stories they start telling back and forth. Um, uh, back on Vancouver, Tendi and Rutherford are still worried about going uh, uh, to be they're going to be transferred to the Vancouver, and they said we're just not going to do it. So they go to tell uh, Lieutenant Commander uh, Dolson that they don't want, but he gets really angry, and he starts chasing them through the thing because they steal his uh, transfer pad. Oh, yeah, because he's trying to transfer to the Cerritos because he's tired of going back to 1920 and fixing uh, uh, things in the past. and Killing a person worse than Hitler. <laughs> yeah. He had to go do all this like, stuff. Like, you don't understand it's, it's, the, the pressure. It's like, all, it's like, he's like, I'm tired of being epic. It's like all, all the stuff that the... Like, he starts mentioning a lot of stuff like that, though it happens on the Enterprise. Right, exactly. And, uh, yeah, it's... Pretty it's, funny. It's, it's, it's kind of nuts. It's just like, how many, how many time travel things to Star Trek ships fix like, i don't know is there is there a real star trek timeline at this point i'm starting to wonder when you get into time time travel you got to wonder like what's real and what's not after a while oh, yeah. we just set we just settle on what what's the easiest one to work with um so uh the other thing that they find out is uh <clears throat> oh captain freeman uh, finally nails down this guy that says there's only two people on that planet that he's complaining about him and his wife and that they're rich. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck? He's like, only two people? Okay, destroy it. <laughs> destroy that planet. And he's like, you monsters. Yeah. That so good. That was pretty funny because it was like the one thing that was hanging her, uh, she was hung up on. It was like trying to and, save this whole race of people and they find there's only two people there. Right. Uh <laughs> So uh, what they find out is, uh, so as the planet's going to, I mean, the moon's going to be destroyed, um, Mariner is there with uh, uh, Boimler, uh, Boimler's knocked out, and Brinson uh, is there with her, and they're, they're talking now, they're not fighting anymore, and they, uh, she scans them, and, but she does find that there is a parasite, but it's not her. The parasites on the back of Boimler's head, and is putting out these pheromones to make uh, his girlfriend Brinson attracted to uh, to Boimler. Poor Boimler. Yeah, it gets removed. Gets removed, and she is no longer attracted to Boimler anymore. And she's like, "Oh, I got to study this. It's really, uh, it's, it's really interesting." So, and um, uh, then so. So he feels dejected, obviously, and kind of probably a little heartbroken. Uh, but anyway, so uh, and then uh, back in engineering and Cerritos, Tendi and Rutherford are happy that they're back in Cerritos because they can fix things. And they know it's not perfect, but that's what they like. And then they find out that they both have duffel bags full of T-88s that they stole for each other. 
So that's why they're such good friends, and that's how the episode ends. Why can't they just replicate T88s on the Cerritos? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, it's so I don't, silly. Some of these things are so weird. Um, what did you think about this episode, Dave? Uh, I mean, this was, uh, like, I, I guess at, at the top, uh, probably the most Star Trek-y feeling episode of them all. Like, it wasn't too over the top, really, in any way, except for maybe the alien who was just all, like, <laughs> trying to save the whole thing for his, just him and his wife, like, just being ridiculous. That was ridiculous. But there have been moments, not that ridiculous, but in TNG, where you'd be like, what? What the fuck? You know, when... when uh when Picard realizes he's being had by somebody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it happens, but it's like it's like it's it is. It's almost kind. Of, it's pretty extreme, like that. It's just oh, we're we're saving this whole planet because we have really, we have one really nice house on this planet. There's just two of us. It's it's it, it's pretty pretty funny and and kind of ridiculous. Um, and then the Tendi and Rutherford thing was also a little bit kind of weird, like how they were acting so very uh, unprofessional for it. Starfleet uh, with the uh, with the other uh, engineer. Oh, oh, uh, oh, yeah, with uh, like, Dulcin. Like, stealing his stuff. I was like, that's eh, kind of weird. It, it is weird. I mean, it's kind of funny um, that he, he just didn't want to take the pressure anymore of being on a ship that has to, like, all these, like, you Things know. To alter, that, to alter history or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's, it's Not it's, just that, but he's like, he goes, uh, what he says... Um, Dulcin, uh, he, he wrote up, he says, admits that he's trying to swap with them. Uh, that life on the Vancouver is incredibly epic and stressful. He says uh, they ha- often have to tow uh, space stations, calibrate Dyson spheres, go back in time to kill people worse than Adolf Hitler. <laughs> he just wants to be on a smaller ship and have a simpler life. That's all he wanted. That's all he wants. Just get, get Why doesn't he just transfer them? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess it, uh, it, it didn't make a lot of sense. Because he, he, it seems like everyone's super chill. Because whenever the episode Rutherford was like wanting to transfer... I mean, as long as you're not transferring, I mean, like anyone from the Enterprise could probably go wherever they wanted. It was yeah. hard to get to the Enterprise, so I mean, it seemed like it'd be really All the spots easy. Are, it's a waiting list. Yeah, it seems like it'd be really easy to get transferred to a, a, a more of a nothing ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how about you? What were your feelings on this episode? Um, it's funny. A lot of funny stuff. Um, I love the idea that Boimler's dating this like awesome girl and Mariners like. It's too good to be true, so she's going to do everything she can to, you know, make, you know, make sure that she's she's a real person. So she's almost like that overprotective sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was kind of crazy, but I didn't think she was too over the top. I mean, like she pulls out her pants on accident. I mean, that like, was funny. Just, that was. I mean, there is stuff for gags, obviously. Yeah, it's funny. stuff for gags. But I mean, it, she was. She seemed a lot more real. Like she's she's really trying to protect him because she's because she's seen shit. Yeah, 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 and I, I, I thought that was good. Um, I love the premise, like we were saying before. You know, they got to get rid of this pl- uh, this moon that's going to crash into the planet, so it's it's really important they do it. But of course, there's always problems mm-hmm. attached to it. And the alien brought up the prime directive, and she's like, this doesn't even apply anymore. That doesn't that doesn't even apply to this. And, and you know, I, what I like is that there is this big mission, you know, for them to do this, but it doesn't really. I mean. The ensigns are working in that world, but it's not their f- main focus. Mm. That, that's the kind of thing I like about the lower decks. It's like, yes, that is the big mission, but that's not what they're thinking about mostly. Yeah, you know, the- I, I like how they're balancing that the 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 a plot and the b plot because because the, the a because like the the it's lower decks the a plots with like the lower decks people 
Well, it's almost an A, bi- a plot, B plot, and then a C plot is That's the true. upper deck. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. So That's true. I, I mean, they were balancing like three that. different storylines <laughs> in like 25 minutes. Or yeah, it's, pr- it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's pretty good. The writing is tight, really tight on this on these episodes. Um, uh, I, I just I love the um, I, I love the Vancouver. That was a cool. It, it's kind of reminiscent of the um, Sovereign class. Yeah, yeah, it looks really sleek. Like it doesn't have that dumb looking like warp slide thing that the Cerritos has. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it like does it's built for warp. It, it's got like the sovereign class nacelles. Yeah, yeah. To it. Mm-hmm. Um what else? Um yeah, I just I think I I'm still I'm still loving the show. I I don't have anything bad to say. I mean, it's it's a cartoon so I don't have to take it too seriously. So I think that's what disarms me about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it hits all the beats that I want for a Star Trek, but it's also comedy, so you know I can kind of chuckle along with it, you know. And uh, there's been a couple chuckles as I as I watch it. I mean, uh, Mariner pulling down um, what's her name's pants, yeah, yeah, um, uh, Br- Brinson's pants. I thought that was funny. Uh, what else was the um, when they find uh, Captain Freeman finds out that just the two people living on the one moon. Making the big thing because they're rich. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was hilarious funny. when she's like, "What? <laughs> Destroy the planet?" <laughs> like, I, I. It was good. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. definitely have some have some nice moments in there. Um, like I said earlier, I'm also super looking forward to like what kind of old callbacks we're gonna get from mm-hmm. other characters. Uh, the ships are cool. Love the love that new ship. So. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, it says, uh, the impact of our environment would affect us both. We'd have to move our whole civilization. I know, but how can we... Wait, both? What do you mean, both? both. How many people are living in your civilization? Me and my wife. <laughs> there are two? There are two fucking people on your whole fucking planet? Yes, well, we're rich. Implode the planet. <laughs> you maniacs! <laughs> we just redid the floors! <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. I love it. It's so amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean, they're doing like, like I said, like you said, like uh, A, B, and C plots, and like characters are getting like some time, even though their episodes are short. I really yeah. hope Discovery will learn from this and actually have A, B, and C plots, and actually have some characters of the Michael Burnham have some screen time, which would be nice. See, I'm kind of like already checked out of Discovery. I'm I, kind of, I, I'm, I'm gonna like watch it with an open. Mine because obviously they're in a different future. I mean, they're in a far flung future. So um, I, I'm more actually excited to see Strange New Worlds and see how that plays out. Because if they play their cards right, Strange New Worlds could be just as good as Lower Decks. Yeah. I mean, because they be- have great casting. They have great casting and they have everything, all the infrastructure built up. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Strange New Worlds is the one to to be excited about. Although I just, I, I mean, Lower Decks has been good, and I, I just assume it's good because Kurtzman's been more hands off on it mm-hmm. because it's not live action, so it's not his like cup of tea or whatever. He's just like you know approved it. I mean, he's, I mean, he probably just signs off on it and doesn't like look into it too deeply. So because there's so many great like callbacks in every single episode. I mean, like they even referenced uh, uh, Justice in this episode. 
Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. <laughs> like, it's like you could be one of those aliens on the planet. If you step on the grass, they kill you. Like, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> it's just like that was great. I mean, like, there's so many like really good callbacks in in in, in these episodes, uh, and I mean, I, there's callbacks in Picard, but they're just like they kind of lose the the greater context of things. I think a little bit. The call, it's, see, Picard to me, the callbacks are what makes it work. It, the problem with Picard is that the story going forward is so flimsy, and it didn't have to be flimsy. They just wrote it that way. Oh, it, it, there's, there's no internal logic to the new story they're trying to tell at all. And there, there would have been so many cool things they could have like clarified, and it could just even most of the stuff they could have done is like a throwaway line or maybe a short scene. Uh, but a lot of stuff I felt like was like we had to fill in gaps, or the story wasn't really that robust as it was and i just for for the ambition that they put into it they could have put a little more thought into the writing oh absolutely yeah uh, and and that's the thing that scares me about the this discovery is just that i mean my facebook feed's been blowing up uh, the last couple of days with these this new new characters a transgender character and a and a, a non-binary character and i'm like Mm-hmm. My my thought is, what does it matter? It's the Michael Burnham show. These characters are probably going to get like five minutes of screen time, and mm-hmm. that's it. I mean, Tig was one of my favorite characters last season. Uh, you know, a, a lesbian character engineer, and she was amazing. She had like fifteen minutes for the entire season, and she was she she took over. I mean, she took my heart for season two, and I wanted to see Tig so bad. And, uh, she, and, Jet, she, and she's Jet a, Reno, and she's like a known actress. I mean, and, and a yeah, comedian. comedian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she she's a known quantity. Like, like people, like I've I've heard of her. I've seen her in things before. Mm-hmm. Like these these two, you know, uh, new new additions to the show. Like I don't I don't know who they are. I haven't heard of them before. And I mean, like I mean, good for them for for getting hired, and that's great. But I mean, like the show is so focused focused on Michael Burnham. What, they need to diversify the crew. I mean, like show more of the crew and and tell more of their stories because there's a lot of stuff. I mean, uh, uh, what was the um, the robot lady's name? Ariam, yeah, Ariam. She, she was a background character. Then we do a whole background episode character. on her, and we then do we murder episode, her. Yeah, and then we kill her. And it's like, well, thanks, but we could have done the background episode a couple. Like we could have stacked that through the. I mean, this is a series. You know what's going to happen. Why not stack her story so you get more attached? Like, oh, this is a new character. What's about her? And then you kill her later. Then you feel more of impact. Not wrap it up in one episode. Yeah, it was, it was too little, too late. It's like it's like as soon as they started going to her backstory, I'm like, oh, they're killing her this episode. <laughs> it was just it's telegraphed from a mile away. I mean, you got to be more subtle with your writing and and be better with it. And so, I mean, grats on them for getting hired. But I just, I just and personally it- don't see how it's going to matter because. Michael Burnham takes up ninety percent of the screen time anyway, so I don't know. Yeah, and it says you know start you know it's the, it's, this is a news report it says um, the franchise characters is a, a gender non uh, non binary transgender who appear in the third season of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, Ian Alexander um, will play Gray, a trans man who spent his life as a trill planning to be a host of a symbiotic. Uh, alien uh, species that lives in a different host over a lifetime so he's so, a trill but he's I, I guess he hasn't got the symbiote yet in in them well, it, or her or whatever you want to call him but we've already had transgender trills because i mean that's kind of the whole point well trills not you got 
you got uh, gender swapping of the hosts. Yeah. So, a little different. Ugh, that's kind of semantics. Well, I mean, it's, I mean maybe, to, I don't know. To, to, you know, I mean, a trill with where they have the symbiote and it changes a little bit because obviously the psychology changes between the person yeah, yeah. and the symbiote when they when they join. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's not it's not the idea that um, you have this trans person uh, and this, you know, who's, you know, non gender, non-binary kind of thing, which is cool to see. It's more like we won't get to I. Me and Dave feel like we're not going to actually even see this person probably more than 15 minutes of screen time. For the entire season. Yeah, prove us wrong, CBS All Access. Prove yeah, us wrong. Pr- prove us wrong. And, and the thing is, and also I just have little hope for it because, I mean, Star Trek Dis- Picard uh, gave us a, a lesbian couple but didn't give us a lesbian romance. And I'm like, well, why are they just together? Why don't we see it build up to that? If, if they can't write uh, a lesbian romance or, or whatever, like, how are they going to do a a gender non-binary transgender romance? I mean, the only thing I can that, hope that seems like it'd be more complicated to write for people who aren't experienced with that thing. And I don't know. Right. Well, my my only hope is for Picard is that um, uh, what's her name uh, uh, Seven Nine and um, Rathy maybe we'll do a uh, like a like a look back of what happened and how that happened. Uh, oh, for I doubt it. second season of Picard. I doubt it too. I would love for it to happen, but I just I, I doubt it. Um, maybe give you us little like you know <clears throat> peppered along that we get like an idea of what happened. Um, but yeah, I mean that's the that's the problem with Picard too. I mean the premise of Picard is really cool. It's a great idea, but it was just so the new uh, story was so flimsy, so clumsily told. I mean, it's just there's things that could have been way better, and I just. Yeah, I just don't trust the writing to be good for it's, these these new and again, characters, or, or people, for them to be included at all. People, it's not it's not the acting. The acting spot on. It's not the production. The production looks beautiful, um, except for it's all not, the same ship at the end. Well, okay, all right, yeah. <laughs> that there's was a couple. That was a little, lazy. a little lazy. A little lazy. It's we have a problem with Discovery's writing on the uh, these writing. last couple. Of weeks. You know, and here we are in Lower Decks, and we're crazy about it because. Like I said, maybe it's because it's a cartoon and we're a little like disarmed. We're not thinking it's like a big deal. Um, it, it, it it doesn't. It, it hasn't also been breaking canon in any huge way. I mean, the the ascendant thing was a little bit weird. That was the biggest thing for me. That was kind of like a break from. See, to me, that could be anything too. It's like yeah. you know, that could be like that's the last thing he sees. It's not. It's not a koala. It could be like what his mind mustered up. Yeah, At yeah, the last and, minute. yeah. I mean, it could—it it really could be anything. But so, I mean, it's—it's it's yeah. not that big a deal. And all the there hasn't been really anything canon breaking in the show. It's just, and there's been so many great callbacks. It's—it's it's been fine. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I mean, it—it's it, been great because it hasn't made me upset. <laughs> and that's the problem. Like with the other ones, the other ones just make me upset because they don't know how to tell a story. Right. And it helps too that we're at this like we're. You know, we're ahead of things and like we're like after Nemesis. So we're kind of like in between the, the Picard series and Nemesis, like mm-hmm. that time. Yeah. So like there's no real nothing other than the past. We don't have to worry about what's going to happen. The only thing we have to really worry about, which we'll never see them get to, is, you know, the, uh, uh, the you know, 
destruction of uh, thing uh, the Mars shipyards and uh, what happens with the the Romulans and stuff like that. I don't think we'll see that come along in the storyline. Oh, I I don't think so either. I mean, and they also haven't been really trying to tell a continuous story. It's been it feels very much like Next Generation. Like there's this problem in this episode, this problem, and then the characters their relationship evolves just like it did next gen mm-hmm. and they, they reference a lot of stuff and that's that's about it like there isn't like this this through thread like the other shows have and i mean i don't think through threads are a bad thing i mean some shows do it great um like the expanse i mean space stuff books game of thrones some other shows they, they do it great um star trek hasn't quite found its footing with a through thread yet Right, um, yeah, yeah. and it just comes down to, to writing and, and a clear vision. And both Picard and Discovery have had shakeups in the writers' room and showrunner and whatnot for all the seasons. So it's just been kind of a mess. Let me ask you this, because we're going down this rabbit hole. <laughs> we're not really talking so much about lower decks anymore. What if, uh, through the missteps of Discovery and Picard? We get like Strange New Worlds is fucking phenomenal, and maybe there's another Star Trek series comes up afterward. You know, what if those come out and we are like, wow, this is great? And those were just huge learning curves for writers and CBS to kind of reacclimate themselves to the Star Trek world, which they were completely divorced from for 10, 15 years. Mm hmm. I mean, would that be worth it? I, I mean, if they can do it right. <laughs> I'm saying if they do knock it out of her. What if Strange New Worlds is amazing? What if this uh, uh, Section 31 episode is, or, or a series is supposed to be amazing? You know, like it's it's so, so amazing. that just we we're blown away by it. I mean, it, it, it would be uh, a dream come true. Because, I mean, we did at least two, like, episodes early on, like, the future of Star Trek and the future of Star Trek Part Two, or, or something like that, like, ages ago, we were just so pumped about what the future of Star Trek would look like, and we were so excited, and then we've just been so terribly let down, so, I mean, like, this is, I mean, if it blows us away, this is this is what we've been asking for, basically, for a show to blow us away, um, for Strange New Worlds to be great, and Section 31 to be great, although Section 31's got a lot of a lot of stuff to fix from how badly Discovery handled Section 31. So I really hope they can explain away that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. But, I mean, I mean, I would love for these shows to be absolutely amazing. I just don't trust Alex Kurtzman's production company uh, and Alex Kurtzman overseeing things because he's historically just not been great. Yeah. Uh, um, with the live action stuff, it's 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 always been story week. Like the actors have been great, the effects have been great, the production's been mostly good. You know, uh, we did cite the end of Dis- end of Picard, where like they were super lazy and just had one ships for the Federation, one ship for the Romulans. Well, the end of the end of Discovery season two. I mean, that starship battle it was just fucking Nuts. like vomit vomit on a screen. It's just yeah, you couldn't see can, anything. It was just it, could it, we? It was too complicated. Can we make? Yeah, could we make a cooler looking thing that it was just looked ridiculous? You know, I just I don't know. It's like they're just trying to like throw too much at the wall at once and Yeah, it just it just looks like Star Star Wars CGI garbage. It's just a giant CGI vomit mess and I'm like 
I mean, like, I want to see the ships clearly. I have some cool shots. I mean, like, just throwing a bajillion things on the screen isn't it, cool. It, Discovery remind me of like when you're you're like you want to impress somebody. Maybe it's uh, uh, you know somebody you're like interested in romantically or something like that, and like you're just going way over the top, and you're just like, dude, just. Settle down, settle down, settle down. Just act normal, be cool, do what you do best, and if if things work out, they work out, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, they're like, you know, look what I can do. I can play the guitar, and I can uh, recite poetry, and I can do, you know, you're like, dude, okay, that's great, but, like, let it come out naturally. Don't yeah. just, like, you know, be yeah. breaking out the Dave Matthews every fucking five minutes. Crash! into me (laughs) yeah they're just gonna they're just trying to fill up the screen with a bunch of nonsense so you can't focus on anything um i I don't know if it's because they're not taking enough time to make the cg look good so if there's no one place to look you know you can't pick pick out the the errors or whatever the the cgi being not good because there's too much happening too quickly Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I mean, like in, in Picard, it was a huge thing. Like the Romulans are supposed to be this like third world power. They don't have anything, and they send two hundred nineteen ships to a single planet. <laughs> it's just like a, so. Are, are the Romulans pitiful, needing help people, or are they a military power? Which, yeah, I know. Which one is it? Like if they sent thirty ships, I mean, okay. I mean, like you know, thirty seems like a more reasonable number than like two hundred nineteen or something like that. It's just yeah, I know. It just was weird. It's just, and how come, like, every time, like, there's a problem in Starfleet, like, we're the only ship in the sector? Yeah. <laughs> I, the I Romulans just... can muster 219 ships, and they're decimated people. Yeah, I know. I um, I just rewatched um motion picture recently. Uh-huh. Um, actually, pleasantly more... Like I, because I knew what I was in for like I, I know it's like a slow movie and it's not like super exciting, but uh, I was like more into it because I was kind of in for the ride kind of thing. Like I knew what I was in for, um, but it's always funny. It's like Enterprise is always like we're the only ship in the sector. Like, but, but I mean, like the motion picture, it holds up surprisingly well from a visual standpoint. All the visuals, except, except like, for when the miniature like looks bad. Like sometimes, yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. the miniature and the yeah. Enterprise like they don't match up where the Enterprise looks quite right, and then right. it looks kind of bad. But like otherwise, those all the all the updates that they made on the Enterprise and all the tech. I mean, the only thing that didn't make the transfer to Rathacon was the uniforms. Mm-hmm. You know, which you know, thank God, because the uniforms weren't the greatest. They, they were pretty know? terrible. The Monster Maroon is one of my favorite uniforms. Oh yeah, in all, mine in too. All of Star yeah. Trek, but I mean, like all the insides of V'ger, where the where the green screen and and the in the force perspective look good. I mm-hmm. mean, that holds up. That looks amazing. And there's only yeah. a couple of shots where like the like the miniatures don't look like they match up really well, and it looks good. I mean, it for for a '77 effects film, it holds up. Pretty, even the space station at the beginning. Looks looks pretty good for, you know, considering it's made back in the seventies. You know, it was, it, it's it's an impressive effects film for its time. Oh yeah, for sure. And um, anyways, it was just uh, just a side note. I was just thinking about that because um, I don't know. Um, it's just it's funny because like Star Trek. I'm mean, here's that was trekking rebooted in a way. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. and um, it still felt like Trek, even though. 
that's a boring ass movie. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> you know, it, it did. It did feel like Star Trek, and that's the thing. I mean, you can do different things with Star Trek and still maintain the feel of Star Trek. Because mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't. I mean, the motion picture wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel, and I think that was the problem with Discovery is that it was just it was trying to reinvent the wheel. It didn't. It didn't do what the Mandalorian did, where the Mandalorian was leaning hard into the lore and the knowledge and expecting people to know it. Whereas Discovery was like, here we're gonna retell you everything, but we're gonna tell it our way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not, <laughs> and not the way you remember it. Right. Exactly. So I don't know. But uh, yeah, but again, yeah. Lower Decks has been great so far. By far, my favorite CBS All Access Star Trek show. So I hope it continues. I'm, like I said, I'm super excited for those legacy cameos. I mean, I hope I hope O'Brien wasn't the cameo. I mean, he didn't even say it. it was just a statue. It was a hologram of a statue. So yeah, I know. I so, know. I mean, that, that better not be the only like callback for yeah original characters. So. Yeah, I think next episode we're going to see uh, somebody come in because there was like a wreckage of an old Star Trek thing. So, uh, mm-hmm. like vessel or some kind of like uh, Starfleet um, wreckage. So, I think we're going to see something like somebody trapped on it or something like that. So, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, but whatever. We'll see. Um, anything else we want to say about Lower Decks before we wrap this episode up? Uh, no, I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes. Yeah, we only got five more episodes, man. We're halfway through. Man, this is going to be such a crazy year. So we're finishing up this. Uh, um, there's, We still have so much more expanse to get through before the next season starts. We've got uh, The Mandalorian starting in October. It's coming October 30th. And so oh is God. the Discovery Season 3 starting in, in, in October. So we're going to have to like maybe pull the Facebook group to see what they want to hear first. Oh no! It's gonna be discovery. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Mandalorian will be up there. I don't know. I, I just, I yeah. I'm just more. I'll tell you what. If Discovery's not doing it for me within a couple episodes, not that I won't want to watch it, but if we want to pull the plug on Discovery, I would not be. Uh, I, I I would not be heartbroken. I'd still watch it, but I just wouldn't. I don't think I want to go into it. It's like how we we normally did because if if it's just going to be more dribble. You know, yeah, but I, I'll I'll give it a benefit of doubt. We've we've done that for two seasons. Why not another season? Let's, let's give it the old college try, I suppose. But I mean, <laughs> but there's just so much coming out, and we've got like, so much of the expanse left before season five. I mean, we've just we're so full on new stuff. It's yeah. crazy. We I, and I never thought we'd be like so full of new stuff. We won't be ever able to talk about old Star Trek. I know, and we got the guy who did the Kobayashi Maru comic who wants to come on for the um, the time Archer and Trip got covered in Alien Come. So, right, 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 yeah, yeah, Jake, we'll to, Jason Youngblood, yeah, yeah, we'll have to do that like middle of next year. Someday, After we got through everything that's new. We'll get to it. Right, right. Oh my god, yeah, that's crazy. until until that day, my friends. Uh, we will be doing lower decks for the next couple of weeks, uh, so we are excited about that. And um, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting to see how this ends up. Absolutely. And we'll get back to the expanse eventually. I just didn't realize these new shows are all coming all at the same time. We definitely <clears throat> did not plot that out that well. <laughs> but we didn't know. They kept changing things. So how were we supposed to know? Yeah. Uh, well, guys, until then, uh, if there's other thoughts that you want to 
throw at us or or you have a disagreement or something else that you want to bring up to our attention uh please uh email us at uh, synthaholics at yahoo.com uh you can also contact us on our facebook group uh facebook forward slash groups forward slash synthaholics we'd love to hear from you there and you can tweet at us at synthaholics duo on twitter uh if the show is something you want to support please go to our patreon patreon forward slash synthaholics we would love uh, any monetary donations you could give that helps the show keep going and uh you can also help us out just by writing reviews go to uh, apple podcasts or stitcher or any of the other places you get your uh, podcast that helps the show get seen by more people and um you know obviously tell your friends about who you listen to and if if uh you can say hey i got this podcast called synthaholics you should listen to them they're talking about lower decks it's a funny show you should watch that too yeah and the expanse and all sorts of other science fiction and star trek and dude 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 all right guys well until then next week more lower decks so buckle up and live long and prosper, one and all. Well, McCoy, my boy, come mix me a drink. Before the night's over, I'll puke in a sink. And we'll cry till we laugh. And we'll both shit our pants. You're the best drinking friend I ever had. Sarcastic Vulcan salute out. <laughs> it's a parasite. It's a parasite. Uh, so very cool. It's, it's a it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. You're living in your own Duncan, Idaho. <laughs> Duncan, Idaho. Duncan, Idaho. Yeah. Oh man. Duncan oh. died. Oh, tenant's good. Critical drinker was like it's it's kind of a mess. What is? Critical Drinker on YouTube said it's kind of a mess, Tenet. It's a mess. Oh, Tenet? Yeah. Hmm. I don't, you know, I don't know who Critical Drinker is, so... Uh, yeah. Um, he, he does, like, videos and some things. So he's, he's kind of funny. He, he He's, like, a, a drunk Scottish guy who reviews movies and <clears throat> shows and everything. 